Welcome in. Thank you for joining J Raider TV for Entrepreneur Episode 2. Yeah, yeah. This is brought to you by J Raider TV Promotion Media Group, Motion Sick Clothing. I am J Raider. I'm here with my guy, Jacoby Ryan, owner yes, of Appreciation Creative, all those things. They can find you where? JacobyRyan.com, AppreciationCreative.com, uh, nothing too much, no G, and the number two on all social media. His name Fresh, and he from Lawton, look. Yeah, part. You got to know that. <laughs> you got to know that. Talk your talk. Appreciation Creative? Yeah, man. Appreciation Creative, Jacoby Ryan, um, the space program, all that. Yeah. So talk about Appreciation Creative. When did it start? What does it entail? What's your day-to-day? -day? Yeah, man. Um, so Appreciation Creative is my creative agency. Um, it's basically it houses my music, um, all my bookings, my rights, um, all my, my master recordings, my, my um, compositions, my writing, publishing. And it also houses the, on the other side um, where I outsource web design services and SEO services for creators, um, as well as building digital systems for them and their brands. Um, but the main thing is I'm just creating websites and, um, and just really building uh, conversion and, and content on those websites. Okay. And the music side of it? Yeah, so the music side is just Jacoby Ryan. Um, it's, it basically just uh, <clears throat> everything flows from Appreciation Creative, you know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, it allows me to be an, an independent label as an artist myself. And it also allows me as a creative agency to also uh, outsource my creative services to other businesses uh, to make money as well. <coughs> so is this your first entrepreneurial venture or what have you done in the past? Talk about your, your journey from you know, deciding you wanted to be an entrepreneur. What got you in that spirit? And then kind of your, uh, your journey from then to now. For sure. Um, so my pops was a business owner growing up. Like he had his own business, so I, I've always seen that, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and just knowing that I want to do it myself, I always kind of wanted to be like my pops coming up as a kid. And as I got older, um, of course, I went to school um, and then I ended up graduating and I got into this job where I was uh, basically being a sales agent, you know what I'm saying? And I just wanted to get to some money. And I found out quick that like, from, from nine to five, I was being somebody I'm not, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And then five to nine, I could be myself. And I was like, man, the people really do this for 30 years and then and then enjoy the little bit of life they have left if they have anything left, however, to whatever extent they can. And I was like, man, I don't wanna do this. Like, this, this mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't be a fake person for the majority of my life and then only to hopefully get to spend 10 years in freedom, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I wanted freedom, you know what I'm saying? That was my biggest thing is I just wanted to be free to where I can talk how I want to talk, dress how I want to dress, uh, move how I want to move, um, be able to be where I want to be, when I want to be there. Mm -hmm. um, just to be self-directed right. and in control of myself. Um, so in doing that, I uh, actually took a job, well, I took a, uh, independent contractor position for an uh, independent insurance, well, an insurance company um, where I was doing insurance sales, um, selling retirement accounts, mutual funds, things like that. Um, and then I did that for a few years, uh, which was 100% commission, you kill what you eat, 
which was bars to the wall. I was living out my car for a year. Um, it was a lot of wild things that happened in that time, but I'm very grateful for it. So I did that. Um, I also had a cleaning company after that, um, where I was basically just, I had two um, mercy clinics where I would go in and clean every night, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, I also had a couple of um, clothing lines um, that have fell through. So I, I, I probably failed like, and probably like four or five businesses, to right. be honest. Um, and, and, and this is my, my most recent one now with the creative agency. Right, so talking about wanting to free yourself and getting into um, life insurance, uh, mutual fund sales, which is what you were doing before. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that being kind of an independent uh, position, kind of, kind of, kind of like entrepreneurial. But you still, did you have that freedom that you were looking for when you did that, or? Nah, I didn't. Um, but it was, it was, it was, a, it was just enough of a taste of it for me to want more. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where it was like, this isn't all the way entrepreneurship. This isn't all the way. Um, me creating something out of my mind, mm -hmm. um, but but I, I I'm understanding more of what that looks like now right. with this position. So, man, with that it was like I had to like I got in, I got in arguments with the trainer like every day just because mm -hmm. like <laughs> they were telling me to like to scare people to sell to them and to like push mm -hmm. back on objections and, and yeah. I, that just was never my style. Like I got into it. The reason why I got into that industry was so that I can learn the literacy for myself and my family, right. you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, for, for me and my future. And then also so that I can learn it and, and educate others, you know right. what I'm saying? But what I found was that being in that position, in those tables, in those meetings with the clients, it don't matter my intention, but the dynamic of a family sitting with an insurance agent or a, a financial representative from a, an insurance company the dynamic is going to create an idea where, like, they feel like they're selling to them. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Where, where you, as much as I wanted to educate, what I wanted to teach them about was going one ear and out of the other because they were so busy trying to avoid the at the end of the meeting when they know, so do you want to buy this company? Right. Or mm -hmm. hey, let me get referrals. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? This, so it was it was definitely a a, a task uh, to to deal with that, mm -hmm. especially as a I mean, I'm a young 26-year-old black man with a man bun who, and, and that's another thing, was like when I talk to clients, like because I was this young black dude, uh, like <clears throat> most of the people I worked with were old white people, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And the people I talked to didn't have much money, cause I'm just graduating from college, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So to talk to people who got money, who are these older white men, um, I always felt like I had to like, a pander in some way and be somebody I'm not and I hated that feeling and that was one thing I um, I told myself was that like I made it a rule to myself that every time I talked to a person who I wouldn't normally talk to who an older white man you know what I'm saying who I, I we rarely have conversation to talk about I made sure that I included word or dope in the conversation mm -hmm. to make sure I was staying true to myself even right. because like as much as I sit here and tell you that that I'm free from that I still, around white people, feel the need to change myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that means, that's the reality of it. So like, some things, some parameters I set, with, I set within my own mind was like, all right, I know you feel this, but to make sure we stand true to ourselves, we gonna make sure that we throw these words in there to make sure they know who they're dealing with still. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, that was, that was the uh, issue there, was just, wanting to be myself and, and, and thrive in that industry, but it right. was hard. So kind of a forced 
freedom. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like I'm being caged in by what I'm required to do, even though I'm really on my own most of the time, and I have freedom of time to use however I'd like to. Because I'm tasked with X, Y, Z, I still feel like I have to constrain myself. So that's when you have to make a conscious effort to free yourself when you don't feel free. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So moving into total entrepreneurship with your um, cleaning company, and you've always been a musical artist, so you've always had the ability to express that freedom really whenever you felt like it, however you felt like it. Um, talk about how it felt to move into that. Um, in both realms, both in the business world and in the music world. Man, the, and the I'll talk about the music first because that that happened first. That happened in 2013, where um, I played basketball. I'm going up. That was my whole identity, and that got me through college. So I graduated college, and I had to make a decision: Am I either gonna play, try to play basketball overseas, go professional, <clears throat> or am I gonna just try to get a job, make some money, take this music series? So I decided the music. I didn't even try the basketball, uh, which is something that I, I do regret now. I wish I wish I would at least put together a highlight tape. But uh, still got the Eisenhower records, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Still on the wall. Shout you know to Eisenhower. Straight up West Side. <laughs> uh, but like at that time, I had to make a decision, and, and it was a matter of I had matured in my mind and my life so much by that time. Up to that point, all my <clears throat> Most of my music at that point was just like, just writing just to get girls, to get attention, whatever, to make people think, oh, he dope, whatever. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the hunter boy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, at that point, it, it became more personal where it was like, I started learning about myself as I indulged in right. the art, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so when that happened, that's when it became real. When I, when I started learning about how how much more of myself I discover, the more that I immerse myself in the art of hip hop, that's when I realized, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then with the business side, it was like, um, but I don't think there ever was a point for business because it was always, it always started from, this is what I wanted. I, I want to be free, you know what I'm saying? It's, right. It was just like, Starting my first business to now is like navigating the maze of how do I do this? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was like I always know I wanted to and I'm down to it, down to do it. But it's like <clears throat> I got to figure out how. So that's what a lot of the time is being up to this point. And I feel like even now at where I'm at currently, I still like I still feel like I'm fresh in the game mm -hmm. and so much more to learn. Um, and that's what I'm grateful for, is right. that curiosity, you know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, so you mentioned to me before that you know you create to free yourself, and that's what you've gotten to the point now with Appreciation Creative, and with the music, uh, I know, was it 2020 or 2019 you did 52 and 365? Right. Um, I felt like I could feel you coming into your own as an artist, not that you've never been authentic, but, um, what I mean is I had never seen before or since a project that in-depth and that complicated and that um, seemingly effortless. Um, but I could feel you free freeing yourself through your music through that project. Mm -hmm. and it was the, the music, a uh, new single via video every week, followed up by a podcast every Monday, 
Um, I also noticed because I subscribed to the email newsletter that there was email newsletters, uh, newsletter emails going out at once a week, twice a week maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it, it was really, it was admirable, it was remarkable from my perspective because I can't imagine having um, the foresight or the entrepreneurial planning ability to come up with a project like that that had so many moving parts. Um, but I saw your, um, your coming into your freedom through that on the music side and meanwhile, you see on social media through, because uh, we follow following on social media for like 15 years now. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so you, but then you see on the business side, you see, you know, I was, I remember the bomb and comms. Uh, I remember the, I remember the the fresh, was, fresh cleaning. Was it just fresh cleaning mm-hmm, services? Fresh um, mm-hmm. Freshair.net. I remember um, the evolution of the business side also. So I, re- as you're talking about it, I can remember seeing this evolution unfold without really realizing that that's what it was. Um, talk about the music side, it's 52 and 365 especially in 2019. Talk about what the workflow was like. Um, because to us, it just seemed like it was clockwork. Every Friday a song came out, every Monday a podcast came out. I'm glad it out. seemed like And that. it seemed like it was just, you know, I'm sitting back and I'm like, how does this dude have time to do this, bro? Because I would never, Word. or I feel like I would never. So. My perspective is obviously I know it takes uh, an extensive amount of planning, a significant amount of coordination between all the moving parts. So just talk about what it was like to go through that process and how much of your liberation you felt you got from that. Man, that's a good question. Um, So like going through that process, planning it out, I actually planned it out um, around I want to say September of 2018, mm-hmm. and because up to that point, I, I was living in my car from November of 2016 to November of 2017. And in that point, I wrote a bunch of songs, but I didn't record them because I'm living in my car. I ain't got no money to record them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm just writing a bunch of songs. So in 2018, I, I had all this big ass group of songs. I'm like, what am I gonna do with all this? They're as old, mm-hmm. it's dated but I still want to put them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> how can I use these? So that's why I thought to put out 52 and 365. Um, so the songs, I already had 52 songs written before it started, Right. Um, but I had other songs that I was working on that I wanted to release instead of some other ones because they were better to me, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So <clears throat> I always had 52, but it was always a race to finish more, to put out some newer stuff um, mm-hmm. throughout that year. So in doing that, um, with the videos, I, I was working with Image Line Studios, mm-hmm. and working with them was like a cheat code because uh, they helped out a lot with with just the the weight of everything, having to edit everything. Um, I took care of the the video treatments um, where <clears throat> we had a set format for each video. It was like two or three shots, um, and we we just almost like broke it down to a, a formula for each video mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> as far as what we we're looking to do as far as the shots. And then um, the recording, uh, Joey Sativa recorded everything. He was an engineer for all the songs. Um, and he, of course, was engineering at the same time. He's making his own music, so that's big love. He helped out a lot where we kicking out songs the day before. Like, that's one thing with Distro Kid, bro. Uh, there was some times when I uploaded the Distro Kid and it was on streaming platforms in two hours, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And there other times, it was like two weeks. You know what I'm saying? It was like the, the consi- it, it, there's no 
Well, at that point, there wasn't much consistency. It was just like, let's hope this shit come out by the time that we say it's going to come out. Right. <clears throat> so that was another part of it. And then with the podcast, man, um, so like doing 52 and 365 was fun as fuck until Nipsey died. Nipsey died like in March 31st. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, like I was getting up every morning, every Monday, every week, like, let's get it. What we got this week? What can we do? How can we make this dope? How can we improve this week? And then when Nipsey passed, it became just get this shit finished like you said you would. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it was just, I got, I got fired from my job. Um, I was I was starting the, the cleaning company where I was having to do this at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just did, going through different things, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that's, 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 that's what, that time was crazy. You know yeah. So the workflow looks like, looks like to us, well to me it looks like either all these songs were done already and we just shot the video that week, put the video out and then did the podcast, or at, at one point I was thinking maybe he records it on Monday and they shoot the video on Wednesday and then they put it out on Friday. But it just it just seemed like such a revolution of clockwork activity. Man. Um, so talk about what it was like to actually, as far as scheduling the work. It was, it was exhausting. Like, mm-hmm. I took I took off a whole year after it just just to like really learn from it and sit back and observe it. But like, um, it was definitely like like we sometimes we shoot videos <clears throat> and we shoot like five videos in one in in, in three hours. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying one day. Sometimes we'd uh, have to shoot a video and release it the next day because we were late. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes uh, there are things that happen and we had to like go to law and go to travel to different places, just trying to make, find different settings to where it doesn't look too, too like the same mm-hmm. on every video. Um, kicking out new ideas for the videos. Uh, it was, that, that was, that, that was very valuable just like to have to go through and think about like, what's the strategy for this video? What's the point of it? How am I gonna, communicate this point um who do i have to who do i have to contact to get to these places that are going to communicate this point are they going to allow us to do this mm-hmm. like we, we went to some places and people was like nah you can't record here and just just rolling with the punches that come with it right. i'm doing that shit every week is definitely it'll take its toll but then the podcast part also like i did the podcast consistently every monday up until <coughs> I want to say like June, and <clears throat> after June, I just didn't want to talk no more, bro. I was done talking. I was like, I'm tired of sh- of being vulnerable every week, of sharing myself every week, of mm-hmm. having to 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 like to really garner the energy and brainstorm the content to right. talk about. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, I don't want to do all this shit. So I ain't even put out the podcast for the second half of the year until like January 2nd of 2020. Because right. um, I had been recording the whole time. I was just like overthinking it. It didn't want people to listen to it. I didn't like how it sounded, things like that. And January came and it was like, fuck it. I finished it. Put this shit out. It's, yeah. This is done. You know what I'm saying? So right. uh, the planning was, it was definitely... Um, uh, very, uh, there was a variety of, of different scheduling methods and, and the tasks we had to, to take to, to make it work, but um, it was definitely valuable for yeah. sure. 
and the level of freedom that you feel you got from that you know just doing really creating to the level that you really wanted to create did it did it get you what you wanted yeah it did um i'd say the the biggest um the 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 yeah the biggest part of freedom that i probably got from that was just the knowing that i did all this mm -hmm. i don't give a fuck what nobody thinks you know right. what i'm saying because like i ain't gonna front like it is kind of wild that i did all that and it wasn't like newspapers and different publicists um, talking about it. Um, but it come with the game and you learn from it and you take it and use it for what it's worth, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it, it freed me from like the <clears throat> the need of validation. Cause mm -hmm. it's like me doing that week in and week out for a whole year validated me for the rest of my life, you know what I'm saying? So it, it really, I fit to me <clears throat> up to the, up, Starting in 2013, when I first started, from 2013 to 2365, like the more I think about it, the more definitive it becomes that that time period was strictly me proving myself to right. myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? And 52365 really um, capped that off where it was like, I don't need awards, I don't need attention, I don't need likes. Mm -hmm. Now it's just, I, I understand this is a, a, a uh, inner inner job, you know right. what I'm saying? Inside job. So uh, it was up from there. Yeah. <clears throat> so I got two takeaways from that story that I think can be applied to entrepreneurship on any level. Um, the first one being, um, especially as a creator, as an entrepreneurial creator, just do it and don't worry about who likes it and who doesn't. Facts. Um, personally, I'm in the videography space. Um, in the digital advertising marketing space, I have been um, dabbled in some music before. A lot of what I personally dabbled, had dabbled in some music before. Pain is crazy. <laughs> I could out rap most of y'all out there. You know what I'm saying? Talk about that. Facts. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of what I dealt with um, internally was worrying too much about external validation. And what I learned to grow into in my later years, really just the past few years, I would say maybe two, three years, is. I, I do this for me and there's going to be a market for it. It may not be for you, it probably isn't, especially when you're dealing with niche markets. Word. There's going to be a very small percentage of the population that you are going to um, appe appeal to, especially early. And what you can't do is listen to negativity and use it as a reason to not continue. Facts. If your creation, your creativity or your entrepreneurship in general is fulfilling to you and provides for you and your family and has potential to grow within that niche market, then don't listen to the people that are telling you to stop because they're not in your market anyway. Facts. If, you're, if, if they Take don't like part. what you're providing, you're not for them anyway. Straight like, why do you have to listen to the, what they say? Absolutely. You know, if you're an, a hip-hop artist and I don't listen to hip-hop, of course I'm going to tell you that I don't like your music. Straight up. So would you listen to my opinion or would you say, well, who cares? Like, just go listen to Brantley Gilbert or whatever it is. Word. Straight up. No, no shade to Br Well, all shade to Hey, Brantley, that, that, uh, <laughs> that bottoms up. It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know... That's the first thing I got from it, is if, if you're passionate slash good 
at what you're doing and you're offering a goods or a good or a service that is valuable slash um, potentially significant to a market, then learn to find fulfillment in the process, in the journey, rather than people standing on the side of the road telling you that it's Man, whack. I see it, bro. Because like, like we we had the conversation a couple of times where it's like. That's like that's the value of or that's the genius of the artist is the is his taste you know what I'm saying and like the 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 journey of an artist is your when you start you're at this point where like you know what it should look like you know what it should sound like you know what it should um, be like you know what I'm saying but and then you create you go in and produce what you see in your mind and that shit is trash like that shit is like. It's like not at all what you pictured in your mind, you know mm. what I'm saying? And like the journey of an artist, of, of a creator, period, is to close that gap over the time of their life to where hopefully by the time, whenever, by, by, by some point in my life, this, this uh, what I create in my real work and my taste and my vision, my goal is for them to meet at some point in my life and at that point i feel like that's when we reach our pinnacle and that's when we like become enlightened and can really be tapped in mm. um because it's so hard to get to that point there's there's like um criticism there's inner doubt there's distractions there's other things that you could be valuing other priorities you know what i'm saying there are a lot of distractions that can keep you from getting to that point <clears throat> and that's why i feel like it's such a genius in, in a in a valuable point because it takes a lot to be committed enough to do that, and, I'm, and that's no, no no shade to anybody who isn't committed enough. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because like that's that's life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We we all choose what we choose, but to me, that's that's the genius of it is to be able to to be tunnel vision enough to block out life's bullshit, um, even life's good shit sometimes mm-hmm. to to get to that point. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, because the good stuff can be just as harmful if you pay too much attention to it. Word. Um, you mentioned closing that gap and being an artist we've talked about before is just continuing to pursue the closure of that gap do you think that gap ever fully gets closed no it's a marathon right i don't believe it does either i believe that if it's closed you either didn't set your goals high enough or you haven't adapted well enough to to the concept of Evolving yourself, or you just lying to yourself, or you just lying. Word. All of <laughs> all of which are detrimental right. to your progress and very human, right? As well, yeah. So, and the discouragement is there too for any entrepreneur. You know, there you mentioned earlier having several ventures before that failed. I've failed at m- most everything Word. that I've tried to this point, and for one reason or another, we don't have to get into those details. But Word. the fact is, if you have the um, creative mind and the entrepreneurial spirit you're going to have a million ideas throughout your lifetime and you're not going to be able to manifest all of them into success they're going to you're going to have failures where you really um, validate yourself is persevering through speed bumps and recognizing and continuing to every day realize your commitment and remember it and there's a lot of people that try businesses and try entrepreneurship and try music and try painting and try XYZ and 
get discouraged and stop. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with not being an entrepreneur, but right. if you're dedicated to being that, you have to understand that failure in one thing doesn't mean total, absolute failure. Sure, yeah. um, maybe you just tighten the bolts on this, turn the direction on this, maybe you do something else. But Absolutely. Um, if you truly believe you have that spirit, there's a route for you to travel. Straight up. And even like without that spirit, like I feel like <clears throat> as human beings, period, like we fear rejection and failure so much when in reality, like, like for a long time, I thought that failure was the antithesis of success. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And what I've learned is that like, you can't get success without failure. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a prerequisite to get success to where you can <clears throat> test and optimize and be able to like like um, uh, Floyd Mayweather said once. <clears throat> maybe it was Muhammad Ali, somebody in boxing at one point that was like, well, shit, it's a popular boxing quote. Matter of fact, um, it was like uh, everybody's a good boxer until you get knocked out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're like everybody, yeah. everybody can have a good attitude before they get a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. Everybody can be in a good mood before they don't get their way. Everybody right. can like, there are mad ways you can look at it, you know what I'm saying? But like, it's, it's when it's easy, everybody can do it, you right. know what I'm saying? But when shit go hard, you're back on the wall, You it's up to you, you know what I'm saying? At that point, are you gonna fold or are you gonna make, grow, mm -hmm. essentially, you know what I'm saying? Because that's where you outside of your comfort zone, you're either gonna fold back into it or you're gonna grow and expand. And I, So I feel like that idea of like, like regardless of failure, regardless of rejection, is valuable for whether you're um, whether you're trying to talk, uh, introduce a new idea in your workplace, or if you're trying to create a business, you know what I'm saying, or if you're trying to um, uh, be a leader on your basketball team, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Like it's just taking those risks. It builds so much character, and, and, and as cliche as that sounds, even more so, it like it gives you good information. It gives right. you good data. You know what I'm saying. Where at least then you know. And you can then make better decisions with that information mm -hmm. going forward. Right. In my personal experience in entrepreneurship and in, I had a recent incident in my nine to five. Um, there's nothing to me more motivating than screwing something up. Right. You know, because none of us like failing. So, like you mentioned before, you have good data now. I know what not to do because I just did the wrong thing right. and got the thumbs down on a couple things in a row hit some stop signs and now I know next time I do this I need to go this way try that if I hadn't hit those stop signs I wouldn't know that there's another way Facts. to go so a lot of people think that I'm like really hard on myself because I am like I'm very I'm very critical of myself you know what I'm saying but like at the same time like like you're talking about like <clears throat> to them it looks like I'm hard on myself but to me like I'm able to be hard on myself because I love myself so much. Right. Like I'm able to, to sit here and be honest about I fucked up or I shouldn't be doing that or I should do better or take accountability. I can take accountability because of how much I care about myself and how much I understand my humanity. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm I'm a I'm aware that I'm a human, but but at the same at the same time I'm aware of what I'm trying to do. So yeah, there are certain vulnerabilities in human nature that I have to align with and deal with but that's no reason for me to not take accountability for what I could be in control of you know what I'm saying right. mm -hmm. the second thing I took from the um, the <clears throat> 52 and 365 story uh, when you were talking about the workflow and the process of getting everything done is um, you know I mentioned that from our perspective as the consumers 
it seemed like it was effortless. Seemed like it was at face value. It seemed like it was just pumping out. Um, your side of the story is essentially that I had no idea how much work went into nah, it. Bro. So that conceptually is true in most aspects of business. You know, we as consumers, we take for granted a product or a service or any finished gold plated on a silver platter thing that we can have as when we look to value that thing as I either see the value so I'll pay you or I'm not going to pay that for that. It's too much. Um, Specifically in the videography world, um, you know, your consumers, your clients will value a finished music video at X number of dollars because they aren't behind the camera and not behind the computer screen. It's easy for them to assign a value to it. And they don't know how many hours it takes to come up with what I just showed them. And I think that's true in really one of the biggest challenges for any entrepreneur, especially starting out, is starting out, we as entrepreneurs are still in a consumer mindset. Well, I can't charge this much for that. I wouldn't pay for that. You know what I mean? Um, until we start doing it, it's like, man, I can't charge this little. This is too much work. Straight up. You know, so so then we have the challenge of how am I supposed to make a living out of doing this when nobody around me will pay what I think it's worth? Word. And again, in the videography world, the only thing that I can give advice to, well, a couple of things. First, if you're creating something like a piece of art, which is what videography is, it's an artist perspective of what you directed me to do right so from that vantage point I have to get good enough to charge what I know I can charge or what I should charge Um, with any art if the skill isn't there you're not going to be able to get what you deserve for the work so Unfortunately, one of the answers is you're going to have to charge small amounts. You're going to have to assign a lower value because your skills can't demand more. But on the other hand, once you have a good portfolio, you've got some experience, you've got some skill, you have to be comfortable with charging what you value it at and not be afraid of what the market says. Because if you would have told me, let's say we had a subscription price, for 52 and 365. In order to be released those those 52 songs, I had to pay you X number of dollars a month to be part of the exclusive club or whatever. Let's just say that for um, hypothetically. If you put a price tag on it for 19.99 a month and I said, that's stupid, that's too much money for four songs this month, you could look at me and say, you're crazy. This is four videos produced, four songs produced. You got four podcasts out of it. That's not worth 20 bucks. And from that perspective, I would have had to been like, yeah, I guess you're right. Well, even then, I wouldn't have known all the work that the videographer put into it, all the work that the uh, Joey Sativa, the sound engineer, put into it. Um, All that to say, communicating value is one of the most difficult parts of being an entrepreneur, especially a startup entrepreneur, especially as a creator. We talked before the cameras cut on about um, website design. You know, it's really, really easy to 
tell me what you think a website should cost if you've never built a website before. Right. If if you come to me and you say I've built this website for X number of dollars and I say man that's too much money you have every every right to say okay well I'm not gonna give it to you then because I'm not gonna give it to you for less because I value it at this point. Right. So from that perspective 5365 is well worth the time that you put into it um, and I want you to know that I don't take for granted how much work it went into, and I, I went into all that to tell the people, to give them some perspective for how much work, blood, sweat, and tears went into a project of that magnitude, and hopefully we can value um, moving forward the pieces of art that you create and put out for, for sure. us. Well, I appreciate um, that, bro. Business-wise, we've got Appreciation Creative, the digital agency. Mm -hmm. Um, through which you provide websites, advertising services, um, SEO you mentioned before the cameras cut on. Uh, talk about what got you into that space and um, what prompted you to come up with the name, come up with the brand. How did you get into Appreciation Creative as the digital agency side of it? <clears throat> so uh, the creative agency side came from really, so the websites is the centerpiece. And when I first got into music after I graduated college in 2013, of course, I didn't have no money. I'm a college graduate, but I had to have a website. I had to get beats. I had to um, uh, have cover art. I had to have a logo. I had to have all these different things, you know what I'm saying, to, to really take it serious. So I started learning about these things, and I started realizing I ain't got the money to, to, to pay for this. You right. know what I'm saying? So it became a thing where I had to do it myself and had to learn it myself, where I built close to 10 websites for myself uh, before. Um, on different platforms, learning different platforms, learning how to do it, um, working in Photoshop and Canva for my own um, images and graphics, and really just was doing that for my own self for like that ten, damn near 10 year period. And then around 2018, 2019, somebody had uh, asked me like, why don't, I, why, don't I, why don't I do it for other people and charge, charge for like cover art, logos, things like that. I'm like, this, this is just like people don't want this you know what I'm saying like you said like the consumer mindset mm -hmm. and I started doing it and people were like paying some uh, good some good little change at that time uh, to do like graphics um, flyers things like that so I'm like alright word there's some, something in this so mm -hmm. I was learning that and then uh, still doing all websites and then I started thinking like this graphic design it's paying but it ain't paying too much and it's taking some time but if I turn this into web design that's doing the same work type things but I'm getting paid a lot more. So right. let, me, let me transition into that. So uh, I learned this program called Webflow, which is, allows you to build websites from scratch, uh, whether you want to use code or not. And you can export the code, which is what I was looking for, because I didn't want to charge people for websites for doing like drag and drop templates on Squarespace or Wix, mm -hmm. or I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be able to, if I was going to offer you a service to build a website, I wanted to build a website you wanted, you know right. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not some what we can get but really what you wanted and build it from the ground up um, to where it's more of a business as opposed to me just like charging you with something that you can do yourself. Right. Um, so in doing that, I, I learned that and was just picking up skills because that's another thing that I learned is while I was doing the um, financial advising um, was that I, I, don't, I don't like salesmanship nearly as much as I like craftsmanship. You know what right. I'm saying? I like to, to create, let the let the product speak for itself, sell itself, and then move on from there. Not pandering to nobody, not kissing nobody ass. 
Um, so salesman, so craftsmanship was a big thing for me. So that's where the creative agency came in too. Was that I can have a skill at building websites, and of course, for the next thirty years, <clears throat> knowing code can translate into websites, apps, VR, whatever, like all kind of technology. So just to have a foundation that I can build on for the future, um, while also, of course. Uh, having my own practice um, was big for me, and then the name, like I got the name because like uh, Infinity War 365, and anytime I do something, you know what I'm saying, like just anytime, like like when you do something good, people are like, yo, that's that shit dope, good job. Like I just kept saying I appreciate, appreciate it. it. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate <laughs> yeah. you. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, I, I and, and and with that, moving on further, it's like appreciation for me, like. The financial literacy aspect is big for me of like appreciating asset and an asset that's appreciating in value mm -hmm. um, while also of course the idea of appreciating life just right. appreciation you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. so, so the idea for me is that like the more I can be grateful the more my value is going to improve you know right. what I'm saying so just as a byproduct um, so that's that's how the name came about and how everything came to be um, I got into the industry just because like I was doing it for myself first, and then um, it became valuable to other people. Mm -hmm. And now I started seeing like more just like like with branding and communicating a message, like you said, communicating the value. Like that's art to me. You know what I'm saying? And, and even with music, like like with Beyonce, when she dropped her uh, her video album, mm -hmm. inspiring as right. fuck, mm -hmm. dog. Because I was like, she. <clears throat> she took the business side of music and made it art. You know what I'm right. saying? Like you always see like the album itself is dope art, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But you never see the business strategy being artistic right. where she releases it in an artistic way where she doesn't tell you about it and then she got videos right. that are crazy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like so just seeing stuff like that where people are like innovating and creating in new ways and bringing themselves into spaces where they're traditionally told they're not allowed to be in you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying like that's that's my i, I love that I'm, I'm inspired by that every time i see it you right know what I'm so what's next what's on the horizon for jacoby ryan the hip-hop artist and appreciation creative as a whole man uh the goal for appreciation creative is to um is to show other artists how to do how to do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, how to basically build their own system to be their own label, while also having a system that allows them to provide services for other businesses or people as well, in addition to the money they make from their music. So that can be web design, it could be YouTube, and it could be um, welding, like whatever you do. You know what I'm saying? And whatever you like to do. Like that's my whole goal is just to incorporate. What what we what we're passionate about, what we like, what what fuels our soul, and also what puts food on the table. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, my my vision is to <clears throat> really, as an artist, I don't really need to be this like main stage, huge headliner act. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm cool if I got a thousand dedicated fans that, mm -hmm. that pay me a good amount of money every year, to where I can have a sustainable career. Um, spend time with my family how I want. Um, be free in my in my time and in my energy, um, and really be able to to invest into law and in the youth. Um, because that's the thing is really being able to get to a place where I can eat off of the, the the fruits of my labor while also giving back what I learned from the fruits of my labor right. while also gaining more fruits. You right. know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, I appreciate you joining us, uh, sure, Entrepreneur. Bro. 
Um, let the people know where they can find you, how they can follow you, X, Y, Z. Uh, you can follow me at nothing too much, no G in the number two. Um, JacobyRyan.com is my website. <clears throat> you can experience 52 and 365 for yourself all again in your email at JacobyRyan.com slash 52 and 365. Um, if you need a website, if you need some digital marketing assistance, um, hit appreciationcreative.com. Uh, we'd love to help. Again, it's nothing too much. No G in the number two on Facebook or yeah, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, um, all that. You know what I'm saying? Cool. J Raider TV, entrepreneur, Jacoby Ryan. Thank you, sir. Thank you, bro. We'll see you.